know things, I know some too. Sit right down, the them, explain them to you. If there's a thing you want to explain, these two feminists can entertain. Nerdy stuff, sexy stuff, so much to know. Tune in for the Femsplain Show. Femsplain! Hello, listeners! Listeners, hello. Thank you for choosing to listen to us today. I really appreciate you, and I know that that beautiful redhead over there drinking wine is Avalon. And I know that beautiful redhead over there drinking what looks like a candle votive is Diana. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a candle votive. It's just a very cheap southern-themed plastic mason jar full of whiskey. Um, And just whiskey? uh, There's like a little ginger ale in there, I think. Whiskey ginge. That's um, so appropriate for your wig. It is. Yeah, I'm wearing a wig today because I'm trying to I'm trying to dress up in the theme of the podcast, and this episode was very difficult to Yeah, I dropped the ball on that one. <laughs> yeah, you did, Avalon. Thanks. But I like your Rougarou shirt. Yeah, you do. Well, welcome to Femsplained. Yes, welcome to Femsplained. What is wait, what is Femsplained? Uh, I'm not sure, but I think that it's a girls-only clubhouse podcast where two queer-identified human beings who are also femme get to nerd out about things that they're really geeky for, all our nerd hobbies. Listen, I hear what you're saying, but that doesn't mean that people of every gender and non-gender can't listen, can't laugh, can't learn with us. But we do feel like it's important to have powerful, femme-led, candid conversations about our experiences. Yeah, it's pretty important. and It's the most uh, important. It is the only important thing in the world. <laughs> uh, last week, Avalon was our femsplainer. And Avalon beautifully femsplained to me a topic that I really should have known about and somehow didn't, which was the Rocky Horror Picture Show. It was so much fun, and we were dressed up, Mm -hmm. and we learned a lot, (laughs) just like I am this week. (laughs) All right, all right. This week it's Diana's... No, it's not. It's not Diana's turn. Wait a minute. Whose turn is it? Scratch the record. It's no one's turn. It is an equity podcast. And we're going to talk about something we both know about. I'm so excited for but this. But it's not a we're contest. Gonna, I mean, it's not a contest. It's more of just an explosion <laughs> of nerd joy. <laughs> true, true. And we like to mm-hmm. explode joy. Um, yeah. But we're going to stick with at least one tradition, even if we're not going to have a splainer this week. And that is to uh, to let Francis the Mansplainer introduce the topic. All right, putting one minute on the man watch. Here we go. 
So Animorphs is something I don't know nothing about. I did read a couple of them when I was younger, um, but my mom had a strict policy that for every kid-lit book you read, you had to also read a classic book. That's why I'm so well-read. And the ratio of classics to kid-lit never really equaled enough for me to read a lot of the Animorphs books. Plus the library ran out somewhere around entry 15. But what I remember is that it's a book about kids who find a glowy blue box that was given to them by a scorpion horse and it turned them all into animals. Any kind of animal you can imagine, boom, you're that animal. One of the characters was an idiot and ended up staying in the form of an owl for too long and then boom, suddenly he's Owl Boy, which is like totally useless because they were squaring off against these giant alligator monsters that were controlled by slugs. So what good is an owl in that situation? So that's about all I remember about the Animorphs and that's probably all you really need to know about the Animorphs. Kids, go read a classic instead. Okay, so I have thoughts about Francis's mansplaining, which I, know. I always do. But in this particular case, like this is this is a nostalgia factor for me, sure. But I think it's also just an important piece of literature, and to just be so uh uh whatever. Look, I'm wearing a wig right now. <laughs> And it's <laughs> and not only is it very hot, but it is also because the Animorph series is extremely difficult to dress up for. <laughs> we should have dressed up like animals. I really think that like some bad face paint would have been ideal. But I had bad to take a nap. Bad face paint would have been ideal. Instead, I put on the closest thing I had to a blonde wig, thinking that it would be a Rachel thing. However, then I remembered that I've been told that when I wear this wig, I look like a horse girl. And what? I made that <laughs> distinction. You know, like no. someone named Jessica who like owns like six horses and like oh, you do? spends you do? a lot of time. Right? Yeah. Like I look like someone who has stock in has a stable. Horses. Yeah. And like, yeah, yeah. And I thought you so, were saying I mean, you that's... looked like you had a horse-ish face and I didn't oh, understand. No, no, no. No, 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 no. No, you do look like you own horses. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so then I decided that this wig is actually in that way. Mm-hmm. And an homage to Cassie. Cassie owned horses? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was like her whole thing. She was like a farm girl who like loved loved her horses. That, right. that was her first that was her first morph. Shit. Well tick one for Diana well, for knowing I'm more than sure. me about animals. Actually actually that might not be true. No, I mean I, <laughs> I whenever I'm explaining things, I frequently just confidently say things that I'm uncertain about. So don't second guess okay, yourself. Okay, so then I'm not gonna take it back. It's and I can, absolutely I can picture true. the cover where she's turning into a horse, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, so, well, I, so I wanna, I'd, I'd like to start at the beginning for um, maybe setting the stage for Animorphs. Would you rather start at the beginning for the series in terms of the cultural influence, or would you rather start in the beginning for the plot? I would, I would like to start with the plot, and okay. then I want to find out your experience with it. Okay. Okay. All right. So, I mean, you know, there's a basic-ish plot, there's, right? Totally a plot. There's a strong plot. <laughs> you could, if you missed a book in the series, you could potentially be extremely confused. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think that actually happened to me once or twice. But the um, the general overview, I suppose, is it's a couple of teenage kids. It's five teenage kids. Get thrown into a cosmic 
battle between alien races when they just happened to be taking the wrong route home from school. What were they doing at school? Actually, they weren't at school. They were out at like an arcade. Okay. And so they so were these cutting. five these five teens are friends before the story starts because I thought they represented different social groups. They did, but Jake and Rachel were cousins. Jake oh. and Marco were best friends. Tobias was the true outsider. He was not friends with any of them, but they were very nice to him that night. Okay. And he was very outcasted. But Marco and Jake best friends. Jake in love with Cassie, but not dating yet. Okay. Rachel and Cassie, best friends. Got it. Rachel and Jake, cousins, I think. I, I, I no, got I think all the connections they, there. Yeah, I guess I forgot that they were cousins, but they would have to be so that they weren't like a yeah, potential love they conflict. Were, yeah. yeah, they were different social, they were all different social statuses and social, social groups other than that, but they they were friendly together. If you had to give for all Tobias. five of them breakfast club personalities. Well, so- Rachel's so Rachel's the, the the she's the prep. Okay. Cassie Cassie's the nerd. Um oh. she always did good in school, plus she was like really into her hobbies and things. Okay. Um Jake was the jock. Uh Marco's class clown. Mm. Um Tobias the loner. And then later on David is the sociopath. Did I miss anybody? I don't remember a David. Ugh. You don't want to remember a Straight David. two for Avalon. <laughs> All right. So so wait, back us up. Avalon, what happens to these five kids? What are what's the okay. what's going on? So these five kids are going home from someplace and mm-hmm. they accidentally come across an alien spaceship that has crashed. Yeah. And there is, as Francis calls it, a scorpion horse. <laughs> that comes out of the wreckage. I mean, he's not wrong. Like that. No, he's not wrong. That part that is he's a not really wrong succinct. About. Yeah, it's more. I yeah. would say it's more like a scorpion centaur than a scorpion horse. Yes. But yeah, I think yes. that's very accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Comes out of the wreckage, offers them a glowing blue cube for them to touch. Yeah, and they do. I'm sure there's some dialogue there. <laughs> there is. Yeah. There is. And so I don't even. Uh, they touch it man. and then they gain superpowers from this alien technology. That superpower being that you will be able to morph into any animal that you have touched. Yeah. But it's from then on. It's not like any animal they had previously touched. Right. And there are uh, rules. There yeah. are rules to these anamorphings that we will talk more about. Yeah. Okay. There was, I, I, I also want to like sort of apologize in advance because I'm going to say a lot of these names and things, but the last time, the only time that K.A. Applegate, the author of the series, um, ever clarified how she intended the pronunciation of these creatures to go mm-hmm. was in a live aim kids chat or aol kids chat that was text-based so she just wrote them out phonetically Phonetically? it wasn't like i actually heard them oh my god i would die uh, to get that transcript though oh i printed it out i have it all (laughs) saved in my crazy animorphs binder don't worry awesome (laughs) it's in the same place as my as my fan fiction i feel like honestly that's a common woe for any um child lit 
thing we might have gotten into. Like, prior to the Harry Potter movies, I was saying shit super wrong. Hermione, I was calling, in my mind, I was calling, I think, Uh, Hermoyne. Yeah. Um, And just, like, lots of things like that. So I don't think it's embarrassing if you really butcher these made-up alien names. Yeah, especially because she uses very, lots of hyphens. Lots Mm. of, like... Lots of um, apostrophes, right? Or no? That's what I'm picturing. (sighs) Who had... I think the Hork-Bajir had apostrophes. Right. And, like, but the Andalites were all about hyphens. Hyphens fucking everywhere. Mm. Um, And the Andalites are the centaur scorpions. Andalites are centaur scorpions. Hork-Bajir were really cool. They were, like... Rhinos, (sighs) right? Kind of like dinosaur rhinos? They looked... They were were bipedal. Mm Mm-hmm. And they had, they were the least, I guess, uh, of, besides the Yerks, which were slugs, they mm-hmm. were, they were the least, like, humanoid race. Like, they had just claws instead of hands, and they looked sort of like, um, in, like, the art, oh, God. They didn't have a nose horn? They weren't, like, spiky? They were spiky. Okay. They looked to me like insects that were on their mm. hind legs. Insects, like, standing straight up. Like they oh, okay. had, they had like almost like hard exoskeleton like bodies, and they had like pincers and things in places. Um, they looked really terrifying, and that was the whole like arc where they turned out to actually be like a really peaceful, like tree loving race that were was enslaved or whatever. But they they looked hor- horrific, you know. Like was they there another like, alien race? Was there a fourth? There, okay, well, sort of, because there was, because there was the Andalites, the Yerks, the Hork-Bajir, and then, like, I don't even know if I want to call it its own race, but there was uh, the Elemist. And that was, that was like a, a being, though, right? It was a being, and it was, as far as I know, I don't remember if there were more than one of him, if mm. he was part of a race, or if he was his own thing, because to be honest, I do remember that his book was the most complicated one. Like it was the, it was a very convoluted because it involved time travel. It involved oh. like spatial dimensional travel. So his was like the hardest. Is that the one, one where Tobias to, gets to be okay again? Yeah. Oh. They, oh, he takes him, he takes him back in time to the night that they yeah. found uh Fucking oh god, what's his name? Uh, 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 Elfangor, Elfangor. Okay. Sorry, uh, I totally um, knew that. So they, he takes him back to the night that they find Elfangor, and he like touches his own shoulder and uh-huh, then, like disappears right. into the shadows. Yeah. So he gets his own ability, but it still sucks. He still can't like stay in that form for more than two hours. That's like the two hour limit. But he could they, if he was willing to sacrifice the power. Exactly, but the war. The war, Avalon. But how much was he helping the war as a hawk? He could still, um, he got, like, the ability to morph um, back at some point before then. Oh, okay. So he could, like, go from hawk. So as a hawk, hawk, he had to touch another animal? Yeah, and he could, like, morph from hawk to something else and then go back to being hawk. But That must have been so alarming for the animal that was like, all right, these people are touching me, but now there's a fucking hawk. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I like that, like, Kay Applegate, like, straight up admitted that she, like, didn't know shit about animals. She was like, all these things I'm saying about animals is made up. I hope some of it's right. 
I didn't know that. I feel like I based a lot of my knowledge of animals on that. I did too. And I honestly, to be to be completely honest, I still do. I, I still like, yeah. I know that she made that shit up, but I still am convinced about bug brains because yeah. of... <laughs> and I based my, all of my current understanding of marine biology on the one where they go as deep sea sperm whales. Is that what it is? I think so. Yeah, I think it is sperm whales. I think it's sperm whales. I don't know how they touched yeah. one. But I do remember that they had to dive really, really deep. And it had, there was something about like giant squid, which I'm terrified of. Oh, um, yeah. Or like the Yerks maybe had a deep underwater base and that's the only way they could get that deep. And then maybe yeah. they like had to battle some giant squid or something. Something like that. That's or they my had understanding. Run from one or something oh, like that. And, yeah. and like she was just so good at making me believe like the fear brain of, of yeah. like prey animals and stuff. Yeah. Um, and okay, so yeah. true or false, the longer that they were the animal, the more their brain started to like think like the animal. And they had to resist that or no? It was, well, so Tobias had an issue, I remember, that, like, went throughout the series where, like, sometimes, like, even when he was back being human because he was in the form so long, he had, like, a conflict between, like, the instincts that he was starting to learn to get used to or whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. But for them, I remember it coming up when they were in extreme danger or, like, extreme fear. Oh, okay. Like, when, like, the the prey animals were being hunted. Or I think it also came up when they were, like, in predator bodies and there was, like, food around mm, or something like that. Yeah. They had, like, and like Yeah, exactly. And, like, they had to, like, fight it or whatever. And they would sometimes lose i think there was like a couple instances where they like didn't maintain control yeah or and they accidentally like yeah acted upon those instincts okay so back to talking through the storyline <laughs> oh yeah oh god uh, all right so they so, touch this cube and they get yeah. that superpower then what so then they get the superpower but Elfangor gives it to them because he just lost a fight. His ship crashes because he just lost a fight oh. with Visser One's ship. Oh, Visser One. Oh, Visser One. Oh, like, can I? Like, I'm sweating when I like say <laughs> those words. I'm also sweating, but I'm just kind of hot. <laughs> but like, so he just lost a fight with Visser One. He knows Visser One's coming to Earth behind him and is gonna realize that there's like a all you can yerk buffet uh, down here of like potential host bodies. Okay, so we're gonna have so to explain he's, that. <laughs> so he sees. <laughs> so he sees. So he sees these kids and takes it as his opportunity to potentially give Earth like a fighting chance. God, so he gives them, yeah, he's like, I'm, I mean, gonna, I'm about stupid. to die. You have to admit. Here are these kids, whatever, I'm not going to leave this planet defenseless, right? So Pause. he gives them the power. Does he have context on, like, what humans are? Like, if he had crashed and, like, five squirrels came out, would he think that those were <sighs> the inhabitants of Earth? He did. He did know. He mm-hmm. The Andalites had been, like, trying to protect Earth for a while. Yerks had actually been on Earth for a while, but not Visser One. So oh. like, yeah, Yurks already had like an established, established whatever those fucking pools were. They oh, had like yeah. their yeah, yeah, they had their pools and also some people 
who were on Earth already at the time, who were important to the series, had turned out to be hosts for long periods of time. I think that that might have been, like, K.A. Applegate doing a lot of plot backtracking. Because that doesn't necessarily fit with yeah. why that Andalite would be, like, there. we need a fighting chance. Where are the other Andalites? Haven't they been protecting Earth for a long time? Then why are there already Yerk pools? Yeah, exactly. There was, like, I don't remember. I know that they were fighting, like, Without having, like, the Andalites hadn't come here, but they were fighting the Yerks, like, off in droves. But then mm. once Visser 1 arrived, like, there was just, like, an influx, and it became massive. Um, and clearly, at least one Andalite had been there fucking. <gasps> yup. <laughs> yup. And that Andalite was fucking Elfangor himself, so he knew what the fuck was up. Yeah. Did he know that Tobias was his son when he yeah. offered him the cube? Yeah. yeah. What are the that odds was, of that? Well, and this is why I have mixed feelings about the Elamist and his involvement because he explains away a couple it's I'm not gonna lie it was a really good way of explaining away like minor continuity errors it was really good you know it was not time travel's good for that yeah (laughs) it was it was really but it was like it was really in depth and it really also it didn't you know what I liked I guess was that it didn't just fix continuity errors they also like it added a lot to the plot it it gave more backstory to a lot of characters it pushed the plot forward but it was also definitely like a way to tie some loose things together i think yeah um but uh but what was your okay so when did you when did you get into the animorph series i want to know okay so one thing that i I don't think it's been on the podcast, but one thing we've bonded over is, like, the mystical, magical, annual snake oil salesman that comes to town in the form of the Scholastics Book Fair. Yeah! (laughs) Um, the best day. It's the the best best day in the world. Or best week, I guess. Um, I don't know why, but I just felt like that was, like, better than any carnival. (laughs) That was drugs. Yeah, it was. It was just, like, and I've I've never felt so... Like, as a child, I don't think I was ever so drawn into capitalism, but I just, like, I wanted it all. (laughs) I wanted every book. But they would, um, as a part of the kickoff, there was always, like, a little video that the librarian would, like, wheel out a TV on a cart, and there would be a video highlighting some of the featured books that were at the book fair that year. So I remember the Animorph series was one of them, and there was a weird kind of, like, the the still frame cartoons where... The drawing kind of moves as they narrate, but it's not like the, it's not animated per se. Does that make sense? Yeah, like a PowerPointy type. It was like of, a PowerPoint yeah. of illustrations. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And there and a narrator read like an excerpt from one of the books. So I didn't end up getting one of the books that day, but um, within a couple of months, we had uh, that monthly little scholastic catalog that gets handed out. And it was for yeah. some reason the first time my parents ever let me order from it. And not only did they let me order from it in terms of a book or two, uh, but they let me order the subscription that was like on the back page at the bottom, where for the next oh, year. You're so lucky. I know, I know. For the next year, you got three Animorph books in the mail to your house every month. 
And you also got a starter pack where it was like it came with bookends and like a bookmark. Mm-hmm. And it was, I mean, it was a big risk because I hadn't actually read the series yet. So for all I know, I might not have liked it, but I did like it and I liked it a yeah. lot. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, that was that. So I just sort of like, I feel like I would read through them in a day or two um, and then wait a month for the next three. But I was really into them. And I remember how satisfying it was to have the bookends and just have the Animorph books like slowly growing and extending the bookends month by month. And then I liked that so much that I um, eventually got to go buy at the regular bookstore the supplementary like character based like side stories that came out that delved into the, the background of the different characters. Yeah. Like the, the Chronicles. Yes. And the, the and the, um, and the, um, Ooh, what were the other, so there was the Chronicles, but then there was the Chronicles were about, Oh, the Megamorphs ones. Ooh, I don't yeah. know if I remember Megamorphs. I think that's what you're talking about. Probably. I just mean the, the ones that like, it was like, this is how we learn about the history of that Andalite. Oh no, those are the chronicles. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, there's I mean. the Andalite Chronicles and uh, the Andalite Chronicles, the Hork Bajir Chronicles, right. which is, and then the Elamist Chronicles, which was yikes, what a book. Um, yeah, the Megamorphs. Yeah, the Megamorphs were were more like just uh, lo- like longer adve- like adventure novels that happened periodically throughout the series. The same characters? It was the same characters. It was in the same congruent plot, but they were um they were longer and oh. they were narrated by more than one oh, like, okay. character. Like each book was narrated by a different character. The the uh the Megamorphs would be narrated by each one during yeah. certain chapters. So I forgot yeah. about that. So to clarify, the the series rotated between these five kids where each book would be from one of them would be the first person narrator. Right. Cool. And it's very like, it's very like, I want to say emotional, but like, I know, I, I know I'm only speaking for myself, <laughs> but like, but like just that, like the first book, the opening line is just like, hi, my name is Jake. Like that's like his opening. That's your opening to the series. And like, it's just some teenager, like almost like he's writing in a diary. being like, hi, my name is Jake. Uh, and then I think that he also maybe narrated the last book or something like that, where there was, there was some sort of juxtaposition happening in like the late series mm. where it was like, cause like by the end and I don't like, can we spoil? Can, yes. Should, can yes. we, I feel we very I think it's spoiling. been, in it's fact, been though, time. I believe you'll be spoiling it for me. Cause I don't think I finished the series. So oh. get ready. <laughs> Okay, so Jake dies, oh, uh, really? which it's not the first time. He also died at some point on like a boat with George Washington <laughs> crossing crossing the like, Delaware. Yeah, he was like he was like on the boat and like he gets shot instead, and like Marco has to like drag him out of the water. Like there's this whole big thing. And they have to like undo it. I don't understand. What circumstances could have led them to be on that boat? <laughs> that was one of the Megamorphs books, I'm pretty sure, and it had something to do with the Elemis fucking with them. That was like his oh. first, like he was. That was like his first, like intro to the series. He was not like. So was he like cute? They weren't. Yes, he. Well, he like appeared as a guy their age, and he was described as like being young looking, but then, 
like as they got to know him more, like they thought he was evil at first. They, I, I know there was like a lot of amb- ambiguity with his like motives. Was he an evil thing? Was he a good thing? And at first, I think it like seemed like he was fucking with them, but I think he was like he understood like the big picture and was like trying to go back and like use them to mess with the timeline. Yeah, it's like time the time travel. So um, I, I one thing no. I want to do um, before I ask you about your animorphs journey. Um, yeah. Can we talk about Yurks? We really haven't, and I feel like that's pretty important. You're so right. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, this whole thing. I mean, it's, like, one of those things that where you can talk about, like, the entire series without... Without actually talking uh, about... Without like, talking about the, the plot, yeah. Because, because it's, it's, like, one of those things where it's about... It's just about what kids would do if they were the only ones in charge of saving society from dystopia. It's very character dystopia. Driven, for sure. Yeah. yeah. It, it's like how, you know, you can talk about The Walking Dead and never mention zombies. It's a, you know, it's about... Is that why you can talk about The Walking Dead and never mention zombies? Or is it because there's no or zombies on the show? No <laughs> well, you know what? I We're not talking about season two. But, okay. So the Yerks, they're slugs. They are slugs. They're alien slugs. From planet uh, Yurk. <laughs> nope, I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure their planet had a name. But so even though they're slugs and it doesn't make any sense in terms of like cognitive development, they are smart. They're they're fully sentient. Genius. They're genius yes. slugs. And they also there was like a little bit of a honeypot narrative to them too. They they first they developed a lot of technology, but they were very smart creatures. But they also, because of their weak and like pathetic s- status, uh, other races took pity on them and like gave them bits of their own technology and like oh. let them, yeah, uh, and would like help them advance little by little. And the Yerks had ulterior motives, like as that was happening so there was like they they were like poor us we're so smart and sentient but we can't do anything with it we're just little slugs and other races would be like that is terrible what torture here look at all of this information and things and so thoughts one the yurks are dalek two yeah 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 they're very dumb. And therefore, yeah. they should have, instead of being obsessed with finding host bodies for the slugness, they should have just invented robot bodies. Two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Somebody should have let them touch a cube. Again, no need for host bodies. That was offered as a mercy at one point oh. in, like, a trade. And I think might have happened to one, like, turncoat yerk. I think it's like a turncoat year got that ability uh, at some point, and I don't really remember that arc, but I think it did happen. Turncoat year that was is my new AIM screen name, <laughs> and I hope was part of the George Washington storyline, and it was Benedict Arnold. <laughs> Benedict Yerk. I think that was why the war. Their war in particular was with the Andalites because the Andalites had their way out of having to find host bodies. Oh, they wanted the cube. 
They wanted the cube. Yeah, they knew the cube was their way to never have to do this again. That might be um, better for everybody. It would have been, and I, uh, I guess it was just like they had already done, like they had already enslaved like several races by the time they got to the Andalites. So it was like, well, no, we're not going to just like let you have morphing technology, I guess. I, mean, I don't know. The whole host uh, thing. I, I mean, that really sucks. Just let them be the scariest thing they want to be, and then at least they're not enslaving a creature. I know. Yeah. I I don't know. I don't remember. Flawed logic. We've already poked holes. We've poked holes in the supposed plot that we barely remember. (laughs) But, like, this is... I'm not totally sure about that. What I know about this is... So they were slugs as a race... Very smart, developed technology that would allow them to infest a host through, like, the ear canal or, like, whatever led to their brain. And they would, like, pancake over the brain. (laughs) And, yeah, they would spread out like they were slugs. But then once they were inside, they, like, spread out over the whole brain and, like, made connections with all of their neurons and would, would take control over that... Uh, person or being, and they could do it for three days until they needed their food source, and then they oh. had to come back out again to get their food source. Which was and what? that was like was that some the pool? sort of ray? Oh. It was they got it from the pool, but it was like a ray from their home planet that they would like bring and like you know they would like channel it and then like feed it through the pool or whatever. But that's why when, like, Jake got infected, they just, like, tied him up for three days and, like, and and let the yerk starve his way out. Yeah, essentially. Where are these kids' parents? Oh, well, I mean, Tobias's parents are fucking dicks and they should die. Uh, I am very angry about Tobias's parents. Uh, Marco's parents, I think, were also very, like... Handoffish. Jake, however, had very loving, like doting parents. So did Cassie's Rachel. I feel like Rachel had a single mom. She had some sort of complicated home situation. I don't remember. Yeah. Um, I feel like her I remember parents were that the being, divorced parents. <laughs> I feel like, but I feel like there was something to it where she identified with Tobias and that's why they loved each other a little bit. Like she got him a little bit, but I mean, nothing as brutal as, as Tobias were like. No, where it was, it was physical domestic abuse or was it just hinted at? Oh, no, no, no. Or no. All right. So he was neglected by oh. the, the parents his by his um he his was left is what, with yeah. foster parents yeah right. um but he always he knew that his parents his mom uh, i think it was just his mom he knew his mom was um alive somewhere and so he like always dreamed about like learning about her or finding out like what you know the circumstances of her giving him up were or like you know, her coming to find him one day or whatever it was. And in one of the, Oh, sorry, go. Oh, in one, in one of the books, like he learns who she is and learns that she like lives like down the block and like knew who he was and like, just never tried to 
contact him, never wanted anything to do with him, like had like just gone on with her life. Uh, or did she or have whatever. another family? Like, I think she might have. Ooh. Yeah, I think she might have. There was something like that, but there was just like one paragraph where he was like, "I just imagine that she was out there looking for me, also while I was looking for her." Uh, but he was like, "But then I realized, like, I was walking past her house every day, and she was walking past mine, and she didn't care, or something like that." Didn't his yeah. foster parents suck though? They were just negligent. Actually, yeah. I thought they sucked. They they did. They were neglectful. Like, they didn't oh. pay attention. He could just do whatever he wanted. Like, oh, I thought it was more than that. I thought it was, like, they drank and, you know. Uh, I don't remember that. I think it was more okay. like they didn't care at all. Like, he turned into a hawk and nobody noticed. Like, he turned into Somebody a hawk. Somebody must for have like, noticed that he turned into a hawk. <laughs> but, like, for two, well, I mean, for, like, two years he never came home and nobody like did anything sent a, okay. nobody sent a police search for him or anything like that Tobias is very tragic yeah. um, I mean they might have they probably reported it I mean the school must have noticed maybe I hope so I mean this yeah. was the 90s uh, so. so he was definitely on a milk carton at the very least <laughs> he was on a milk carton he was definitely on a milk so carton so was he investigating but, his yeah. mom as a hawk and how does a hawk investigate Anything. Oh God! Oh, I don't remember that. All I remember was one conversation where he's flying above Marco, and Marco's being a sass master because that's what he does—is just sass everybody. And I remember him being like, "You know that hawks pee while we fly, right?" Like, like that was like his like, "Stop sassing me! I'll pee on your head." Like, I just like that's that was his like comeback to Marco's. So that raises Being an important inter- question: Is how were they yeah. how were they communicating? Yeah, through their thoughts. Yeah, so that was part of the superpower that I forgot about: is that uh, they were telepathic at that from uh, then on, yeah. right? The, from then on, no matter what their form some, was. No, whenever you had to be in a morph to do it, you couldn't do it when you were a, in your person. normal. Okay, person that seems form. like a little bit of a weird contingency, but that's fine. It was, but it was weird because then when Tobias could morph into himself, he could still do it, which was cool because it was technically a morph. So like he could be secretive with the rest of them, Mm. you know, like he could still be a spy. So you said Uh, it was two hours that they, two hours. I thought it was three, but I don't, I guess maybe it it might've been two. And then I'm just getting it confused with the three day York thing. Yeah. When possibly. I was thinking about it the other day, I thought it was half an hour. And I was like, man, that's so <laughs> impractical. No, that's really. Imp- and, and and just by the way, Francis, he wasn't stupid. He got locked in a yerk pool. Like he got locked behind. He was trapped in an enclosed space on their very first mission as right. heroes of the world with brand new superpowers as 15-year-olds. You know, though... So critical. I mean, if he had revealed himself, the threat was that a yerk would then become implanted in him. Yeah. Right? But isn't that kind of an easier situation to navigate, a la Jake, than being a hawk forever? Well, yeah, but there's no guarantee that they would infect him and not just kill him. He they they usually tried to infect people who would be useful, and Tobias mm. was like a loner teenager who would have been forgotten very easily. 
they would infect people like Jake. Jake was a popular kid who could influence a lot of people. Okay. They, uh, they, they took the principal. They took some I cops. The they yeah. took, yeah, they took, uh, uh, a later on in the series, like high level politicians yeah. and, uh, military personnel, people who would be useful to them in some way in like facilitating the infestation. Do we know where they lived? Where? Oh, like what? Oh, ah. Do we know, as in (laughs) Diana and Avalon? No. Does the series tell you? Yes, because at one point, they, at one point, they almost sacrifice their entire town. They almost blow up their whole town to destroy, like, the Yurk settlement there. Um, That seems like maybe the right call. It, yeah, it was one of those things where, like, I, I'm surprised, very surprised, that in, like, this new era, that's this new trend right now of, like, teenagers who are thrust into post-apocalyptic, mm-hmm. you know, scenarios, and how do they handle it? We have, you know, the the Hunger Games and... Um, Maze what's Runner. The, Maze Runner and uh, and then the even shows that are like that the one hundred. Um, yeah, no, you're right. It's definitely like yeah, the bubble is actually I think bursting on it. The, I think that we yeah. hit saturation point, but it was definitely a, a moment. Yeah, and I'm surprised that this series was not pitched for a reboot because I mean oh, you've got the yeah. nostalgia factor to it that would be a huge draw, and then also. The series that they tried to make back when Nickelodeon did it, which, yeah. you know. which Did it even go a full season? I feel like it was very short. Yeah, it was short. like a half season. Yeah. It was very short. They didn't get anywhere with it, and it was very half-assed. And it was very, they camped the whole thing, like, way down, which was unusual for Nickelodeon. Like, they really, like, they made it very campy and very, like, silly, funny like that's not. unusual for Nickelodeon. Instead of like, yeah, Nickelodeon had some serious stuff in it. it they could do serious. I know you're right, but the first thing that came to mind was my cousin Skeeter. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, not in every case. No, you're right. No, but, but there were other good examples. I just was really yeah. excited to remember my cousin Skeeter for a minute. Uh, I'm very excited <laughs> that you remember that, but. I just, um... Have we talked about My Cousin Skeeter? I'm having deja vu. <laughs> no, we haven't, okay. but we're gonna, okay. don't worry. sorry. <laughs> um, no, it's fine. I just, I, I'm surprised that it wasn't even, like, it, it didn't even get, like, I, I mean, it would be great reboot series in terms of that whole genre, that apocalypse genre, that, like, dystopia genre, especially with the fact that it's teenagers, and, like, really, the series is dark you know you who needs these... to do it it needs to be on like free form yeah, yeah 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 it has because it has to be gritty enough and it has to be you know it has to be high budget we're you're talking about mm-hmm. like lots of animals on set lots of like you know. well i think they're gonna be <laughs> like cgi'd mostly i would e- not even mind that i would not mind a sci-fi original series mm. where it's all cgi shitty cgi as long as the acting's good yeah you know like i don't care but these kids, like, so Jake, you know, Jake takes on, they take on the roles. Jake takes on, like, the the reluctant leader role. Like, he doesn't really want to, but because, like, 
he was given the power first and like whatever. That's like a bunch he of bullshit. Just, I know, it was a bunch of bullshit. And because Axe, when they meet Axsimile, he oh, like I calls him that. Prince Jake and like puts him in this like leadership position. Yeah. Or whatever. I always kind of like, wondered at Jay's Jake's rather uh, leadership. It kind of just felt like it was because he was the handsome guy. Like I don't know. Yeah. Which that's questioned like throughout the series. Like Marco questions it at some point. Cassie questions it at some point. Cassie, I feel Cassie, like, was the real leader. Yes. Yeah. And she absolutely was. And she, oh, she made hard choices as well. She did. Rachel, I think, like, often wanted him to, she wanted to be, she wanted to be the leader. Oh, really? Like, at, at certain points. Cassie didn't want to. She just wanted Jake to, like, step back because he got too, like, mm. hot-headed. Like, he yeah. would... And and make stupid choices. So Jake was definitely like the Cyclops of the group. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you had Marco, who you know he's like the comic relief, and he's like the you know finds a way to calm everybody down through humor. Ha ha ha! Not taking this seriously. Like Um, me. (laughs) Yeah, but then like later on, he becomes like ruthless too, and and Cassie, and like. Uh, like with that David fellow. Okay, so like the David fellow was a weird thing. The David fellow, he like was some kid who like found the cube at some point in like in like a dumpster or like in a in a trash yard or something. And just like picked it up. Why was the cube in a in any place but a good place? I I don't remember. Okay, so 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 ugh. so Elfangor okay. gives them the power. Yes. Then all of a sudden, second ship lands. The right. kids run away. Kids and run then, away. But I feel like they're watching then, from the woods. They're watching from the woods because they watch as Visser 1 kills, kills yes. Elfangor. Yeah. That's like what establishes that this is serious. Yeah. But then they like, they hide it or they throw it. He tells them to like get rid of it or something like that. Mm. And I think they like put it in a trash compact or they put it in a dumpster yard or something. So they do something with it. That's stupid. Uh, <laughs> uh, whatever. They're teenagers. True. This guy, David, finds it at some point, picks up the powers, but he's like in a, a victim of abuse and oh. he's got some serious issues and he has this whole like, it's wrong to kill people, but it's not wrong to kill animals. How about we just lure people to the cube, make them turn into animals, and then kill them while they're animals. He had this whole, like, twisted way to make it okay to, like, just murder as many people as possible or whatever. Like, murder bad people or just murder people? Just people in general. Like, wow, he, like David. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, David was real intense. And then he tried to kill the rest of the Animorphs. But, like, then... The Animorphs, who are supposed to, like, at this point, like, they're supposed to be the heroes of the story, they trap him in a rat morph, so they, like, contain him so he can't morph out for two hours, and then they just put him on an island like that and leave him like that forever. They all get twisted. They all get fucked up, too, like, from fighting in, like, a war as 15-year-olds. Like, they just become messed up human beings who... That's... And I think that's, like, what the story is supposed to be about is, like, they are supposed to be, like, secretly fighting this giant 
worlds, multiple worlds ending war. Yeah. In hiding without anyone knowing that they're doing it, first of all, without like any help or support. And they wind up having to make choices like the, uh, what's that? What's the like, the moral puzzle, the the train track thing? Oh, Like right. uh, the one where it's like, all right, there's one person on track sure. A and like a family of people on track B and you're, you know, you have three seconds to pull the switch. So they like make decisions like that all the time yeah. and get really messed up from that, which is, I think... Definitely, maybe simplified, but also kind of like the, it kind of it kind of really messed up. Like if you had like five fifteen-year-olds in charge of the fate of the universe, like be a little f- absolutely, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I think that in terms of cognitive development, you are not fully at that stage of development where you can extrapolate these big moral and ethical problems right and solutions that's supposed that stage of development i feel like is higher than 15 i feel like it's yeah yeah um reaching back my undergrad not sounding too smart about it but i do remember that being a thing (laughs) yeah 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 so one thing that is striking me as you're talking is so i remember subscribing to this series in let's say the fourth or fifth grade um sure and I feel like that's the audience it was written for. I don't feel like it was like a hun- Hunger Games young adult. I feel like it was a kid lit. Yeah. It, the, uh, I will say that the, the reading level language wise was like a fifth, sixth, yeah. seventh grade reading level, but the content. Yes. The <laughs> plot, the actions that were happening were maybe more high school sounds like it yeah themes of things because i mean people started at some point during the series like in the beginning it didn't happen so much but at some point in the series like people started to die like very regularly yeah and in and in large numbers in certain cases so are we maybe just not giving kids enough credit because we're not kids anymore i mean think about like narnia uh, yeah well i mean i'm not i mean allegory aside there was lewis not giving (laughs) anyone any credit (laughs) well no i mean it was scary (laughs) at times yeah and i don't think that thematically it was necessarily dumbed down no, no, it wasn't. It no. was, um, it, it definitely had, I mean, you had the same thing. You had kids that were being thrust into a war. Right. They went to escape a war and then, you know, yeah. were thrust and like, into one of their own. Aslan's uh, death scene in Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe I was a lot for a kid. <laughs> yeah, that was very a yeah. lot. Um, I just think that we and, we give kids less and less emotional credit as time goes by. And it's yeah. something that does kind of bother me a little bit. It does, because I I distinctly remember feeling very I was this was one of the first times I was emotionally connected to characters in a book or anything. Hmm. Like I was not I was again not emotionally connected to characters on TV shows or in movies yet. Like the Animorph series for me was the first time I was like these are real people (laughs) and like they're important to me and like I need to know that they're going to be okay. And like the things that happened to them like really upset me. Like I remember like Jake's, 
I will never forget reading about Jake's torture scene, which happens early in the series where Mm. he's going for three days and like fighting internally with the yerk in his head and like is feeling like real starvation and like real like feelings of like conflict. And like she described that from his perspective, which is pretty like intense. Yeah. So I think that she, I think that like, even though the language, the, the literary language was definitely like a younger reading level, she was, she was writing whatever story she wanted to write. Like, I don't think she was dumbing it down Yeah, agreed for a certain age group, uh, in any way other than like maybe just the literal vocabulary. Right. And then not bothering to research the animals, apparently. And then that part, <laughs> that was my favorite. <laughs> like, actually, I don't really read much about animals. Um, before I prepare, I just sort of make it up. You know the Go guy who writes and produced, I think, um, SpongeBob SquarePants has a degree in marine biology. Like, that's my level of expectation yeah. <laughs> for yeah. K.A. Applegate if she's writing a series that revolves around animals. But, like... I mean, it's such a juxtaposition because you have with SpongeBob SquarePants like this show that's so obviously ludicrous. But then when you look at different things in it, you're like, "Oh, that's a you're you made them look like that because that's real. That's what they really do. <laughs> Nobody would care about that, but that's amazing because yeah. you did it for you." Whereas K.A. Applegate like wrote this dark and complicated saga with zero research. I'm so surprised to hear that it had an end. I thought it was one of those things that just sort of went on forever until she stopped caring. No, it had a depressing ending. The last book I have, I did that thing. Have you ever done this? Like with a series where like you get up to the last episode or the last book or the last movie and you avoid it for a little while because you're not ready. I did that with Buffy for like a lot of years. Yes. Okay. Buffy's a a super good example. I was very afraid. It has, it has like the same long standing, you know? So I avoided it for a really long time and I went back to it like I think a year after it came out Yeah. and then read it. And I just, I mean, I sobbed from like chapter two on. I mean, so Jake dies. Jake dies, but what happens to other people? So Cassie and Jake were like well established. So she like, she sort of becomes like, because he was the face of the movement, like because by now it's like it had become public at some point, like they, they were known at some point towards the end as being like the resistance. She becomes like the the face of their like leadership or whatever, and she doesn't want it, so she just like dives into her work and like becomes very um reclusive. Marco like sort of just like becomes like a TV personality and like issues like the whole group and like becomes like famous and like because he's got the charisma becomes like the face of their movement, but also, like, sort of breaks contact with everybody. So the movement becomes public? 
it becomes public. Okay. Like there, there becomes it, at some point there becomes like there's like one. Uh, I don't remember. There's like one big fight that like happens in the public eye. Oh, and yeah. after that, like it, it's yeah, it, it becomes known, and then Tobias, be, uh, because I guess of like what of how like I guess dark things got like after everything ended and like he didn't have a purpose anymore. I think he like just flies off and like goes and is a hawk. What about Rachel? And, like, d- All right. Uh, I, I actually want to look this up because now I'm thinking that I forgot what happened to Rachel and I don't want to <laughs> no say it. No one cares about Rachel. No, I care. I care about Rachel. Did she become a um, horse trainer? Oh, that that was Cassie. Cassie was the horse trainer. That's what I, I, I know. I feel like I know this and, and I'm going to be so upset if I'm right and I don't want to be right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Rachel dies. Rachel well. and Jake die. I'm pretty sure now, now I'm worried that I swapped them somehow and that it's, yep. I swapped them for some reason. I just like swapped them in my head. Oh. So it's Rachel who dies and it's not Jake. What happens um, to Jake? That's a really good question. Like now, now I don't remember what happens to Jake. Oh my god, I feel so. I feel like I'm betraying myself. So it's Rachel who dies, and that's why. That's okay, why Tobias so that's flies why away. Tobias that flies sense. off yes. and is like, whatever, fuck this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> fuck this. I'm on Cassie. Oh, and then because of like the loss of like her best friend or whatever, that's why Cassie like can't like emotionally connect with Jake anymore. They break up. There's like that whole weird thing and then and they I think they all distance themselves from the movement except for Marco who then becomes like the face of it and like takes all the money and like becomes like the the big celebrity and like gets all of the attention and like uses that as like his coping mechanism for everything that they'd been through the one I definitely don't remember the outcome for is Eximile I don't remember what his ending is oh my god i know and his is like i mean it's it's important it is important yeah he stayed with them along to the very end though he didn't just come in for the middle of the series and then kind of bounce no he came in 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 one of the in like this first book i think no he didn't uh yeah he's he's um um alfangor's brother he's very important and integral character even though the stupid books always describe him as like they always like talk about like the animorphs and Aximile, but he's largely I feel like, like he comes in after a couple of books maybe because they've was, been like trying to figure it out for themselves and then like oh thank god now they have Aximile. it might have been but he been. was kind of might... stoogy wasn't he he bit. was stoogy he like he he because he like made fun of them for being humans he like didn't really like get human culture i remember the, his cover <laughs> his first cover where he's morphing into a person yes and i remember oh, that God. i think that that was the one i had the biggest crush on as a reader oh really i think i liked people like the best oh his like like weird aloofness definitely had some weird appeal and there are a lot of people who ship him and and marco apparently what why that's, a, that's like a thing they have to ship rapport. him into bias i think they're related, so. <laughs> well, that's why it would be particularly awkward when I found that out. Yeah, yeah. 
Are they technically related when he's a hawk, though? Because he has completely different DNA. They weren't raised as relatives. Their DNA is different when you're a hawk. They're not going to procreate anyway because they're two men. What does it matter? Wow, Avalon. I think that's a social construct (laughs) that you're getting stuck on. They were raised in different solar systems. They were raised in different solar systems, but they're still, like... No. Close. It's his uncle. No, not really. He was never an uncle to him. But he was, he met, it's not like he met him when he was 34. He met him when he was 15 years old. You fully developed at that a, time. You're, oh, God. No, I think it's okay. you in this psychology degree? No, I, I, I mean, I think <laughs> that sometimes we get really caught up in taboos. When really, if you uh, think, if you really break it down, that one doesn't really seem like it's hurting anyone. That one, I all right, maybe. I'm still giving it a thumbs down. I'm giving it two thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, I I don't I don't remember what his ending is, and that's very frustrating to me because I know it's probably really fucking complicated. But oh well. Did they when they transformed, they didn't have to stay there? Assigned sex, did they? No, it was literally what it was the whatever exact they animal right, right. that they touched. Yeah, yeah, it didn't matter. That's pretty conducive um, for some pretty good, like, sexy fanfic. <laughs> <laughs> and it is uh, definitely. I've done a I've done a Tumblr search for animorphs, and there's there's some good um, there's some some good fiction going on out there. It looks like that. I think I the homework really... is finding like one. Really amazing one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like the best Animorphs uh, fan, related fanfic. Yeah, that you can find. Please send it to me if you know what it is. I don't. If you're listening. Or are you talking to a listener? Sorry. I'm talking to. <laughs> I didn't a mean listener. to interrupt. All right, listener. I'm talking to the listener. The listener. Uh, you mean I'm me? Telling them, <laughs> Tomorrow. <laughs> and I'm telling them that if you already know what the best Animorphs fanfic is, I want it. I want it in my email it. inbox. Tomorrow. Um, Before we even post this. Before we even post this. Now, okay, what I need to know. I I, Actually, I need a drink before I know this. the answer to this question. I'm scared, but yeah. So what I need to know is did you watch the Nickelodeon TV show that they made for (laughs) the Animorphs series? I did, yeah. Um, You did. Enough time had past though that it wasn't really it wasn't really relevant for me anymore but I did give it a shot oh no kidding yeah because it, it right when did it come I don't out? I'm probably gonna be really embarrassed right now because maybe it did come out really late and I just like was still really obsessed with the we series. definitely like we weren't too old to be watching it on Nickelodeon but I just wasn't reading it anymore 1998. To 2000. 26 episodes. Wow, that was a lot longer than I thought it was. I oh. guess because they're like short episodes. Uh, yeah, but was each episode yeah. a book? No, that I know was not okay. true. Yeah, they did like, they, they condensed it a lot. I know that they squeezed a lot into like each How good is um, this cover? Episode. It's so much Jeez. worse than I remember the graphics. It's so bad. And I loved them. I I ruined all my books. I took out like the inner page. There was like the book cover. Oh, and it opened and for open a fuller transformation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I cut them all out and made a collage of them. 
that's all. Yeah. Um, I, I just, mean. So I was just looking at the Wikipedia to put a time frame on things for myself. Uh, and I saw that at least half of the series was written by ghostwriters. Really? Yeah, like <gasps> well, the second half of the series. I don't know what Whoa. K.A. Applegate was doing. Oh, that's so weird. We got to ask her. Yeah. If anybody knows K.A. Applegate, can they like forward her our email address? Yeah, like, like what was she uh, too busy to do? Well, I did read another series that she wrote and it was Everworld? so bad. Yeah. I was hoping we it, would bring that up. I actually it liked so it. <laughs> did you like the part where that girl quotes killing me softly at the aliens to try to get them to spare their lives? Yeah, I don't remember that, but I I'll I like I like it forget as that. you're telling me. I remember thinking it was like it was like the Fear Street equivalent. So if when you outgrew oh, Goosebumps, mm-hmm. you went to R.L. Stein's Fear Street because they were a little bit scarier. Um, and that's how I felt about Everworld. But I only read the first two and then I felt like I couldn't find the rest of them. Yeah. But I liked uh, that it was influenced by like, oh, it was like a world where all of the different religious pantheons coexisted. Mm-hmm. I liked that mm-hmm. concept. The concept was good. It definitely had a little bit more like romance, a lot more like... The kids were older, so mm. it was less inappropriate when they had, like, romances, dating, things like that yeah. was, like, less creepy. So, yeah, definitely some, some it was, and the, the writing was definitely a little bit better. I like maybe. that killing me softly thing. I think that's that, funny. That was, honestly, I'll never forget that the till the day I die, I remember I was like, K.A. Applegate, I will read anything that you write. How I, I have to follow you to the ends of the earth. You created the series I love the most in the world. And I read that book. And I, I think it was like, it, it was not the first one in the series. It was like a couple mm. in. And I was, I was not getting attached to it the yeah. same way. But I liked it. I liked it. And then that scene where they're like bargaining for their lives and they asked her to like tell them what love was as an emotion, (laughs) describe it. And so she just quoted the entire song, Killing Me Softly. That's kind of a prose form. Are you sure that's the song? That's super sexual. That's absolutely (laughs) the song. I'll never. I'm scarred for life from this, from reading this with my own eyes. Do you associate that with Killing Me Softly still? I do every time I hear it. Literally every time I hear it, I think about this because they, it worked. They heard her say, killing me softly. And these aliens cried tears of like romance joy. (laughs) Yeah. It's hilarious. But like, it was supposed to be a very serious scene. They were about to be like sacrificed or something. I love it. Um, And I love now that K.A. Applegate has officially ruined two songs for me. The other one being Zombie by the Cranberries. I made the connection with Yerks when I was a kid to the lyrics of that song. Oh, my God. In your head. In your head. Oh, my God. And my whole, I mean, when I I remember pulling into the mall parking lot and sitting in the backseat of my parents' car and listening to that song and being like, oh, my God. God, this is about the years. 
That's amazing. As like an elementary school student, and but to, but it to this day, if that song comes on, I you remember it. I think about Yerks always. I remember being very traumatized when I found out that my dad was a controller. That's my dad's job title. Oh or it God! Was. Yeah. Finding out, finding out that my dad was being controlled by the Yerks was definitely a very hard time. If you, was there, how could you tell somebody was a Yerk? Was there like a test? Because um, obviously you can't look well, in their they, ear and see their brain. No, but they had, because they had access to your memories, but it took them time sometimes to get, so like they would ask like, they would sometimes ask difficult memories they got at one point into the habit of like asking for like memories about bad situations or like bad memories because they were rep- repressed so mm. the yerks had to like dig for them and like Smart. had to look for them yeah or uh like embarrassing memories or whatever like things like that huh. like Jake's brother at some point got taken so they like oh. did that but the other way was when it was getting close to the end of day three, they had like withdrawal symptoms. So like they would be like oh. acting funny, sweating, and like they would they would have like regular like very typical addict uh, like oh okay withdrawal uh, symptoms type yeah. of yeah things. They would shake, they would sweat, they would be um, nervous, anxious. So, so like that kind of behavior in someone out of the blue would tick them off, like make them think. So my biggest concern about the finale of this series is that it doesn't sound like the actual Yerk War had any conclusion. It did. Yeah, they destroyed them all. Then why? Like, Okay, so then it doesn't really matter that Marco's like the personality of it. Or whatever. No, he because he's like the hero. Like oh, he gets but celebrity. It's still over. Okay, got it. It's over. I he, was he gets the celebrity. Fight. Okay. Nope. Nope. He's just celebrity. Like the man who saved us all because Jake didn't want to be in the spotlight anymore. Um, Not because he was dead though. <laughs> mm. I can't believe it. I like at some point I was like I think I'm saying this backwards and then I I just couldn't remember. Um, I think it actually would have been stronger if they had killed Jake. I feel like he was a more important character. I mean, he died at some point. It just didn't take... Uh, George Washington. Like, right. George Washington, yeah. What what irritated me about the series that they did on Nickelodeon, which I actually didn't hate. Uh-huh. I, didn't, I, it, I didn't hate it as much as like people are like, it's the worst thing, cancer for your eyes. <laughs> I like that, you know, um, like, like people get very irrationally angry about it. No, they didn't have amazing CGI technology. I they pan the camera the away. Problem. Oh, I'd rather them pan it away than them try. Yeah. I think in, in episode one, they like did one like... I feel like that's burned into my memory is watching a face morph. Yeah. I mean, it looks pretty much like one of the book covers. Apparently (laughs) In terms of like how how graphically (laughs) adept it was. But they, uh, I really liked the actors on it. What I didn't like really was that they, uh, not like I've ever planned a successful TV show. So like, what the fuck do I know? (laughs) But. It was so condensed, and it's such a long story, and they fit so much into into one, like, episode, like, rushed, 
you through it. Like episode one, they already like go to the yerk pool. Right. And, like, I remember they, that. I feel like the cliffhanger at the end of episode one is will Tobias make it out of there? Or yeah, maybe I think not. So. Yeah. What I really don't like, and I'll this is another thing that's like a stupid little detail that has stuck in my brain forever, is that they changed the secret code to get into the yerk pool. Oh. What but was why? the secret code? So it was a, a happy meal with extra happy. And they changed it to a cheeseburger, hold the cheese. It's the same stupid thing, thing. but why? That's the point. They're both stupid. Why did they change it? You didn't improve it. They made it quicker. They might have made it funnier. Uh, I mean, not like neither of them is ha-ha funny, but it might be like a little bit wittier. So what have we not talked about that is really important to talk about? Oh, my God. Like... (laughs) <laughs> in regards to animorphs or like should we start talking about politics because i you know i don't talk about what do you say you cut out politics politics yeah um i almost said I'm... earlier like i almost started trying to draw some your comparisons to whatever the fuck is going on with russia right now but that's fine we can leave that out yeah um yeah. i i do want to remind you in terms of the amount of things I feel like we can still talk about that I think when I originally asked if you want to do a podcast I said one one of the options I said is we could do an Animorphs podcast yeah (laughs) I this is like my this to me is like one of those things where like I feel like it's a universal experience for people like they're in our age group like everybody knew about it everybody at least read one book I didn't have any friends that read it but it definitely is something that as a grown up I talk to people about and people remember and they, it. And they and yeah. they like have yeah, they have memory of it. But of finding people who were like who loved it is is a different story. True. I do know that of like some of the people who didn't like necessarily love it the way that I did, there were a couple of people who loved the two Choose Your Own Adventure books that came out. I was going to ask if that existed because I thought I remembered it. There's okay. two. Yeah. yeah. All right. I want to, what do you, what do you remember loving about this series? Like when you were first reading it? I think it was really easy for me to, I mean, I was, I was a really big reader as a kid. Um, so this mm-hmm. was not like the first These weren't the first characters that I really fell in love with or anything like that. But I did think that it was extremely easy for me to put myself in the stories, perhaps because it was a first person point of view. But I did feel really invested in the the stress of it, the emotions of it, things like that. So I, I think that's probably what I remember the most. And also it was really easy to it really inspired a lot of like sort of daydreaming about what it would be like to turn into different animals and stuff like that. It was extremely accessible to my imagination at that age. I'm on a little bit of a geeky high right now, and I want to talk about this series forever, mm-hmm. but... Can't do it. I, we can't. No. We can't. We can't keep doing That's it. That's true. It's heartbreaking. I'm telling you, it could have been the I whole know. podcast. Well. Uh, all right. We know. we gotta go, Avalon. No, I refuse. I refuse to go anywhere. <laughs> no. <laughs> Where are we... Well, look. We gotta go, but... <laughs> Don't you give me that face because 
you're going to see my face a lot between now and the next podcast. Because you're coming to visit. No. No, I'm not. But do you know where you could see my face? I don't know. On all the cameras I installed in your house? Probably. But also on Twitter. At Cast. On Instagram at Podcast. Oh, my God. On Facebook at also Femsplain Podcast. I know there's too many things. Anything Uh, else? I think there's another one. uh, There's... Our WordPress, which is femsplainedpodcast.wordpress.com, and... That's a lot. That's too much. I'm offended. It's too much, but we're doing it anyway. And uh, where the heck, though, do you actually listen to the stupid podcast? Because that's like a lot of social media. You can um, listen to this podcast Wherever tickles your fancy. (laughs) Um, If you're an (laughs) iTunes person, you're going to listen to it on iTunes. If you're an Android person, you're going to listen to it on Google Play. If you are an alien being, you're going to listen to it on podcast. Not podcast, Podbean is what I meant to say. And if you are a cool (laughs) person, you're going to listen to it on Stitcher. But those are your four That is what I'm hearing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm hearing that Stitcher is for the cool people. Yeah, I don't know anybody listening to it on Podbean, but you know. It's there. Uh, hey, look, Podbean is approximately 14% of our <laughs> listeners. So. How do you know? I want to see these stats. I'll show you. I'll show oh, you. Oh, God, do it. Um, okay, so yeah. Um, and then also, um, while you're there listening to us in one of those places, um, you can rate us. It would help us a lot, especially if you rated us five stars. If you want to give us anything less than five stars, don't bother. Um, if you want to give us anything less than five stars, write us a mean email at femsplainedpodcast at gmail.com. I love mean emails. I, I love them. them. Have I, we I'll ever gotten an email? Sc- I'll, sc- I'll screen them. We've gotten lots of ads. Ooh. Yeah, for services. Mm, um, what kinds of services? I'll tell you off camera. Okay. Um, but... Yeah, please review us. Just just click the five star button. It's we actually not that since much, the last that, podcast, um, we officially have gotten enough ratings that our ratings now show up, which is really exciting. Yeah. And our average I love is five that. stars, which means you guys are listening to instructions. Yeah. Your very strict instructions yes. that we give you. Thank you so much. Uh, and I'm so grateful that you guys are listening and interacting and please keep doing those things. Talk to us on Facebook, talk to us on Twitter, tell us what the best Animorphs fan fiction is. Tell us what you think about the TV show. Tell us what you thought about the books. Tell us who you were crushing on and who you wanted to be. My answer for both is Marco. (laughs) Cannot relate. Who, who knew that I was bisexual? <laughs> like that's like a as your first sign. Very, <laughs> that's the first sign. It's like can't choose if I want to be them or date them. That is a problem um, that I continue to have in my adult life. Yeah, yeah. It's hard I'm to glad tell. We can <laughs> Sometimes it's really hard to read those feelings when you meet somebody. <laughs> yeah, like oh god, I want your haircut, or, or I want to put it. my fingers in it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Yes. You just summed up a lot, a lot <laughs> for me. Yeah, 
Yep. Oh, good. Uh, all right. I have to go do my podcast homework and drink the rest of this whiskey. All right. Well, I have to go transform into a hawk <laughs> and infiltrate the yerk pool. <laughs> you have a two-hour limit. Oh, oh I thought it was three. Goodbye.